How do you know if you are an entrepreneur at heart? And where do you find the fire inside of you and the courage to follow that path? I asked Paul Kirsten, CEO and co-founder of Workshop 17, these questions to find out why so many people choose job security over building a dream. He answered these questions by encouraging us to rethink our lives and the choices that we make. People go to a job that you hate. You should really consider, is it really worthwhile going through? Why spend 40 years of your life, five days a week, in something that you don't enjoy? I think anyone on any level should find meaning in work. If you can't find meaning in work, then try to make it. Practically, every day that I go to work, I hope to at least have a positive influence on one person. That makes my day worthwhile. And that's something I live by. If I can create an opportunity for one person, if I can have a positive impact on one person, and maybe even more than one a day, it's a day worth working. And it's a day worth living. When did you realize that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? I was doing it before I realized it. So my parents are both teachers. And they've been teaching uh, for over 40 years in primary education. So part of learning is part of my journey. But then I started to study. And in my studies, I started to do work. And instead of working in a supermarket or in a cafe, I tried to find work in the field that I was studying, which is education. And I understood that, hey, if I do work, I actually learn much more about my studies than sometimes sitting in college. So let me try to get more work. And actually, I founded my first company, which was a consulting company in learning and development. Out of this, it was basically because I had clients that I started a company. I was studying at the university, and there was an institute coming to the university said, we need a research done, and we have this budget, and the university said, that budget is way too low for us. And I thought, that budget is actually, I can live on that budget for a year as a student. So I put up my hand and said, I want to do this. And that's how I got my first project. And it grew from there. And then I thought, well, there's more projects. I come back. Let me start a company. And I've always saw myself as a professional with a company. And I got colleagues. And it took me a few years into that company saying, actually, I'm an entrepreneur. I build a company. That's what an entrepreneur does. So I didn't start out trying to act an entrepreneur or play role of an entrepreneur or be a business owner and set up something. I started doing something that I found meaningful and inviting others to work with me. And that became a company. And that's how I rolled into this. And my dad said something like, why do you do this? You have a PhD. You could have a great job and become a professor. <laughs> and then he became very proud of what I created because he saw the value and how it also made me um, feel very fulfilled and loving my life. Were they shocked or surprised that you became an entrepreneur? I do think they know me. They've always given me lots of support and lots of freedom. So I've always felt supported by both of my parents to make my own choices. And I think they trusted me in the choices that I made. I don't think anyone of my parents would have predicted it. But following it, it also made sense, I think, to them. How did it feel when your big moment came, when you went from having to convince people of your vision to being invited to manage a property at the Cape Town waterfront? It was a big gift. So imagine us sitting in the middle of Jeppe, in the inner city of Joburg, in a grungy upcoming mall. And it's not right next to the waterfront. So to be invited to come to the waterfront is like, is this really happening? <laughs> That's like uh, from... 
from that to one of the most iconic areas, properties in South Africa. It was a big jump. It really felt like a chance. It really felt like the people in charge of the waterfront, David Green and, and Bobby Stewart, who were initiating this, a leap of faith. So we felt trusted. We also felt then the need to live up to the trust and really give it our best shot, which I think we did. And it started to flourish and it was a good, a good synergy between them and us. Here you are managing this big new project. Did you have any sleepless nights and what did keep you awake at night? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> so can we really make it? Can we do it? Oh, the, we can speak about it like this, about all the ideals, but in the end, it's also about do the toilets work? Is the floor clean? We had leakages in the first months that the water canes were leaking roof onto computers and to the new stuff. You're speaking about all the vision behind it, but it's actually also basically cleaning, making sure that every day goes well, um, dealing with the leakages or the aircon not working and people being so hot for days that we would have an international group coming into the space, 200 people and the aircon doesn't work and the temperature goes above 30 degrees. You start sweating even if you're not in the space. So also really basically making sure that all these nitty-gritty, critical, basic stuff that is taken for granted, but it's not easy to, to make it happen, and that those things happen. And the other thing, it's like it's also not, a, it was not an easy financial journey. If someone wants to make a pile of money easy, don't go into the co-working business. It's really hard work. And figuring that out and going through the financial ups and downs is part of this journey. It's worth it if you're really passionate about what you're doing, about creating this kind of shared and, and new workspace. But it's not easy. There's so many nuts and bolts and so many learnings um, that I sometimes thought, geez, Paul, this is your third business. Did you really need to do this at the age of, age of 45? Or could you not have stayed where you were? And the answer is very simple. I needed to do this so many years. I need to do something new. So get myself into trouble, basically. Why the name Workshop 17? Does the number 17 have any significance to you? It's a very pragmatic reason why it's called Workshop 17. And the number 17 has lots of meanings, but it's not why we chose it. So we spoke about Mabaneng, which is our first space. And then we were invited by the VNA Waterfront in Cape Town, who had the idea to create a solution space for solutions for Africa, big and small, in, in the waterfront and bring startups and entrepreneurs and innovation also to the waterfront and make the waterfront a space for it. And they've invited us to design and manage that space in the watershed building next to the aquarium. And that watershed building has a beautiful new design. It was it used to be a shed long ago, and it, it's now designed to craft and design market downstairs. And actually, the road runs through the building. But that building used to be a workshop, and it used to be Workshop 17 in the old days. And that is actually why it's called Workshop 17. In that sense, the honor of the past and the honor to our partnership with the VNA Waterfront. But it actually it starts to create a, a meaning of a space for innovation and a space for creating solutions. All the workspaces you've created are filled with energy and vibrancy. You really want to be there. Can't you please share that vision with government? Because it seems the deco of government offices is competing to depress you. Can you perhaps convince government to hire you? 
<laughs> I'm not sure if it helps. And it's always difficult to become like a, like an evangelist or convincing people never really works that well. What works better, I think, is inviting people. And luckily, and part of what we do is not only create workspaces for the day, but also a lot of meeting and event spaces. And although the, the pandemic put that to a halt, but we did it deliberately because that creates a space for government, for large corporates to come into the spaces that we do, even if they have their own offices, but to have offsite meetings and then be in touch with innovative entrepreneurs and professionals who are using our spaces on a daily basis. So we wanted to create that meeting ground for big and small, young and old, different professions. So it's really a diverse community that is not only about the space and you like the chairs and, and the beauty or the art, but it's also about creating that community that has diversity and that can spark really innovation and new initiatives. How important is it to have people who support you both in your private and in your business life? Because we're not in it alone. So I have a business partner. We have a wonderful team. Um, we have members that give us feedback. So there's lots of energy coming from others that we connect and work with. Because you can't do it alone. And I think the pitfall for people to, when now working remotely from home, is that you lose those connections and you lose that input. I think that is an important part. It's your it's your private life, my private partner, and the kid to to just make you aware of the positive things in life and support. What do you do when you're not working? What does chill time mean for Paul? Or let me rather ask, is there ever a time that you're not working? <laughs> you would need to ask Tracy, my partner. It is hectic at the moment, but it's a crisis. But I... I I do love to spend time with family, to go out, to go to nature. We spend our first weekend out. Um, my stepson saw the whales for the first time. Those are very, very, very important moments. Helping him do his homework is also important. Or kicking a ball or phoning with my son in Holland to see how he's doing. Those are really, really critical and, and crucially important moments. And they're simple. They're not, they're not big, but they make life worth it. That was Paul Kirsten from Workshop 17. I am Olivia Sambo and this is Rose Tinted Glasses, where we create podcasts to tell your story of your business and your brand. Thank you so much for listening.